You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Hi, welcome to this week's episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast, season eight, episode 46. I'm John and I'm joined by John and Chris Hayden. Please a magic number because it's time to get this podcast started. Aye. <laughs> Jesus, started already. You've been eating the trio biscuits? Uh, I've, not, I've not had a trio biscuit in years. I really like them. I wish I could find one. I, I think I had one recently. Did you? Maybe. Uh, we need to find it no, where I get There was some kind of biscuit, retro biscuit I had recently. Mm. And I was like, man, do they even sell celery? Clearly they do, unless, man, it was sitting there since the 90s, but... Tasted all right. Um, I I take it you've been on the the treble vodka this week, that's all right. I'm teetotal these days. What's that? I'm teetotal these days. It's good because it's going to have a massive hangover for the amount of trophies we've had these days. <laughs> what, was what was that noise in the background there? Who's kept up, someone? <laughs> it's what? It sounded like someone was like groaning in the background. Was that someone getting a porn on? You left on the background. <laughs> <laughs> the Dalek porn. Oh. We're going to need to edit the intro into the end of us. Yeah. We'll pursue. You can probably guess there's not a lot to talk about this week. There's been three games of uh, men's football, one game of women's football. So, well, there, there probably is should... stuff to talk about. Just yeah. we I'm just at the point we can't be asked to talk about football anymore. We should just have a, an episode where we just talk about TV, wrestling, pies. That's next week's podcast. When there's no football to talk about. Because yeah. we've got a break. Yeah, there will be football. Domestic season and the international football. Well, I know, it's still the Junior Cup final on Sunday. And then you've got the women's game in Sun. Is it no? That's a weekend Sunday, isn't it? Scotland yeah, England. That's, yeah, that's after the Scotland Cyprus game, the, the men's game. But should we be gentlemen and um, cover women first with the women's game last night <laughs> in Scotland and Jamaica? <laughs> aye, cover. Aye, where'd you go? Cover them first. <laughs> I think John Boyce would get overexcited about Cuthbert's goal. <laughs> uh, it, it was a cracker to be fair absolute um, peach really. mm-hmm. and the second one the free kick was a pretty good strike mm-hmm. as well um, it's a pretty entertaining game um, Jamaica played quite well I, th- I think the funniest thing I realised um, about halfway through the first half is I kept thinking that the the, the Scottish women were looking a bit slow because right? the opponents get beat them in the ball then I remembered they were playing Jamaica and that's their thing yeah <laughs> Exactly, um, but no, it was um, you know it was a it was a pretty good game, and it was so Jamaica were going to get a draw when they made it two two. But um, Howard who had made the mistake for the oh, name? I can't remember now. Um, but yeah, she'd made a mistake for the second Jamaican goal, but then she made up for it by scoring the winner. Um, pretty good header, but um, a good crowd of eighteen thousand. Um, for a that's the highest attendance for a women's game in Scotland. So. By yeah, a country mile. The, the, the yeah. previous record was at 4,000 odd. 
Yeah. So we take that to 18,000, a massive leap. But it's great to see because um, they're getting a good send off to go to the World Cup in, in France in a couple of weeks. So um, and send off well win. So great. It was a, it was a really entertaining game. I went BBC Alba were covering it, so mm-hmm. yeah, I was able to see it. By the way, I, I made a bit of a um, buzz up in the the group chat because uh, I said it was weird that Alba were having the the women's co- um, commentator an English one, but. I realised I was watching the game online and the, the online coverage was, um, you know, the same as the coverage they would have had down south and it wasn't BBC Alba's commentary. Ah, right. So. Well, you know what it's like in BBC Alba, though, they kind of switch between Gaelic and English a lot because usually they've, they've got guests on that can't speak Gaelic, so they kind of need to. It must be really awkward sitting there if you can't speak Gaelic and the commentator's blithering away at it and you're just, they'll speak to me when they're ready in English and I'll know what they're saying. <laughs> Well, I watched them. Um, like somebody's been on the podcast and listened to you, Bert, to be fair. Uh, true. <laughs> it, was, it was Howard that scored the winner. Um, I noticed um, recently in Alba that they, they do the commentary in Gaelic, but they had the sum, uh, Craig Beatty was the summariser. So they'll do the commentary in Gaelic and then start speaking English. So, Craig Beatty, what do you think about that? Yeah. It's just like, strange. But... So, wait, can, can you imagine being Craig Beatty sitting there as they're just talking Gaelic and you have no idea what they're saying? <laughs> it must be really awkward. True. <laughs> yeah, we'll be hoping to get someone on that has got a bit of knowledge about women's football in Scotland this week. But they're going to make it this week, so we might get them on this week. Hopefully, mm-hmm. they know a bit more about us. We have been trying to cover it a bit this season, but our knowledge is fairly limited. Yeah, it'll get better. I'm sure uh, we'll be watching a bit of the World Cup. Yeah, I'll oh, certainly watch what I can of the World Cup. Um, the fact that Scotland and England first will certainly be appetised. I just hope they do better than they did in the, the Euros, um, but I think they're a wee bit more disciplined this time. It will be difficult because England are one of the favourites to win it. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, as long as they give a good account of themselves and give themselves confidence for the other two games, because um, with it being a 24 team tournament, am I right? So they could be one of the best third place teams if they. They do well enough, but obviously want them to finish in the top two and do something that the men couldn't do. Although we just like the men to get there. <laughs> ah, at this point in time, it would be good for the men to qualify for something, which obviously the women have done. But you're right, the men have never qualified out of a group stage. So um, if the, the women can do that this year, that would be fantastic. Um, but again, even being there is, is, is brilliant for them. Um, so ah, yeah. Yeah, best of luck to them in, in France. So. And I will say that... Yeah, there was a few folk there. Um, kind of, um, Malcolm McKay was there, sitting next to Steve Clark. So, um, yeah, I, I was going to say it was uh, the the Scotland Jamaica game was was the best game I've watched this week in terms of entertainment. Oh, it was without no. doubt the best um, game out of the four um, that we've seen this week because obviously the two playoffs games the Scottish Cup final. But should we stay in the national team and cover the men's squad before we talk about the so-called men's football? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, a few. I want to say surprises, but they're not really because it's mostly like Steve Clark's called up some Kilmarnock players that he knows quite well. Um, I'm not really surprised. I mean, I, I'm I'm quite a big fan of him and Brophy's um, in a way that he tends to be one of these players. I get worried when he's playing against us because uh, he he, tend, he has a habit of scoring goals. So I mean, that is something we don't have too much of in the Scotland squad. So I'm glad he's been called up. Um, Aldo was in the group chat saying he's not been the best of form since coming back for injury. Um, but yeah, it's, 
I think he's well worth that call up for, for his, his previous form. I don't think he's been quite as good since Greg Stewart left. Um, however, my worry there is that he needs a partner to play alongside, and I'm not sure who they would partner up front. I was looking at the, the, the squad that um, Clark's picked, trying to pick who my starting 11 would be, and I couldn't find a partner for him. Yeah, um, that's the worry is the strikers, because well, Ollie McBurney um, is injured. I know he's not been great for Scotland, but he's now been taken for a £12 million move to um, the English Premier League. I think Sheffield United are the main ones in for him, because they've got money for getting promoted. Um, Griffiths is obviously not going to be back to next season. Stephen Fletcher um, doesn't look as though he's coming back anytime soon. Um, so, Johnny yeah, Russell scored a hat check last week. Did he? Yeah. That was the one thing I was wondering about because I don't really know what Johnny Russell's form has been like playing in Kansas. He plays for yeah, in the MLS. I don't um, think, but mate, no, he's been too hot since um, he was last in the yeah. Scotland squad. He scored in the last day season, but before then he'd gone something like seven games without a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's Ollie Burke who um, deserved his previous call up, but he yeah. kicked him off herself really since. Um, yeah. Certainly not since um, Rogers left. Uh, so yeah, he's in the squad, but I wouldn't be playing him. Um, it's weird the way the BBC's listed this squad actually, because I've got like James Forrest as a forward, I'd play him in wide. Ryan Fraser is the other one I would play at wide. Um, yeah. Lewis Morgan, another midfielder. But it is, there's not too much in the way of actual strikers in that team. No. Like I say, other than Russell and Brophy probably. I might not. Clark might play a four-three-three, but so maybe. That way, they're kind of classes forwards as opposed to midfielders. But and if he does that, he might play Forrest and Fraser and Brophy. Yeah, that might work. That might work quite well. So yeah. It depends who you put behind them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you'd imagine it'd be um, a trio of um, McGinn, McGregor, and um, oh, well, one of either McGinn or McGregor or possibly Armstrong. Um, uh, I think you go with McGinn, McGregor, and someone because that's uh, the other two stands. I mean, obviously, McGinn scored the one back to the Premiership on Sunday. Oh, sorry, Monday, though. So, um, McGinn has ended the season quite on a high. Mm-hmm. Same, uh, like his brothers. Indeed, yeah. We'll come on to them later. <laughs> I don't get the four goalkeepers. Um, I don't need four goalkeepers for two games. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Yeah, exactly. um, it's good. It's good to see Liam Kelly's in the squad because I think he's been a terrific goalkeeper this season. Um, I was looking at the the clean sheet stats and uh, I think Bain and McGregor and somebody else have got fifteen and Liam Kelly had fourteen. Now, for a te- playing for a team that didn't exactly have the best second half of the season to have fourteen clean sheets at thirty eight is very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I think Liam Kelly's a, a, had a great season, so delighted to see him called up. Yeah, yeah. I think Greg Taylor deserves his call. I mean, he's mainly there because yeah. Tony's obviously injured, but he's had a superb season for Kilmarnock. Um The only other one that I wouldn't have said has merited his place in the squad is Devlin, um, because he's not forced his way back in Aberdeen team since he got injured. And from a club point of view, um, I think he'd have been better off. Um, getting a little bit more rest and then come back for a proper pre-season then he can push into the Scotland squad again um, but uh, but he's in there now he probably won't play I would imagine it'll be McKenna and one of either Suter and Mulgrew that start that game mm. um, against uh, Cyprus although Stuart Finley could um, push in as well yeah. you just never know yeah another great idea to get him called up so um, yeah mm-hmm. I, I I would probably play Suter because I think Suter's Probably the best defender we've got in the, the call uh, call up squad. Yeah. 
Yeah, I wouldn't have Mulgrew in, in the squad, but he was also Mulgrew, someone experienced. Yeah, Mulgrew's been playing quite well for Blackburn, but he's more of he'd been in there more of as an, as an old head in the squad at this point. Yeah. Um, quite a few younger players around them. But uh, if you've got the experience of Robertson in the team, do you really need Mulgrew as well? Yeah, it's interesting. Tom Kearney came back in. I mean, Clark was also top at those who. Um, had to unretire themselves and people who were um, had fell out of McLeishan. Kearney's come straight back in, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I'm not so they must have had that conversation. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, he's down the pecking order for me anyway, because we've got McGinsum and Goodwill and Campbell Gregor, so a good season. Stuart Armstrong um, is obviously ahead of him for me. And I would even say Kenny McLean's ahead as well. Yeah. He's been superb for Norwich City, yeah. um, the, the mayor of Norwich. <laughs> Yeah, I know they've always had a great season as well. So, so yeah, I mean that's two teams, two players from the teams that have come out of the championship this season. So, uh, although I'm not a big fan of picking players from lower tier, um, just because it happens to be England. Yeah, if you're going to pick for lower tier, you may as well pick the best ones. Uh, but I, I, um, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything. There's not over. There's not anything overly surprising in the squad, but there's not anything. Overly exciting either, I don't think. Um, yeah. But we'll wait and see. I think it's going to be, mm-hmm. it's going to be how we play, not a, really a case of the standout players. Um, what we're looking for from this is an improvement on the utter garbage that we had in the previous games. Yeah. Yeah. Well, quite simple. We need three points home at Cyprus, and we just need some form of performance against Belgium, which just gives a little bit of hope that. Yeah. Well, there's there's something in this squad that can do something. Um, Belgium's obviously one of the top teams as well. So if we get anything, a corner, it's a bonus. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but it's going to be very difficult. Um, but we'll yeah, well, see. As long as, we, not, as long as there's some form of hope and we're not like lying over there and dying, basically. Uh, we're, we're already in the back foot because of the Kazakhstan result. Um, we took the three points we had to, uh, and I guess San Marino, but it wasn't impressive. Uh, we need to we need to get three points off Cyprus to even give ourselves any chance of doing anything in this group. Um, the my gut instinct is this group is already beyond us thanks to that Kazakhstan result. Um, but we'll wait and see because stranger things have happened. If that is the case though, we do still have the backup. Yeah, the one good thing McLeish managed to do. Exactly, and it's all about building up momentum for that for me. But we'll. Who knows what can happen? I mean, um, if we get three points against Cyprus, then anything after that's a bonus, as we say. So, yeah, good luck to the men's team and good luck to the women's team in the, the World Cup. We'll, hopefully, the next podcast will cover at least one of their games as well. Yeah. So, John mentioned how... Uh, well, I mentioned that John McGinn had a, a decent Monday, but um, it wasn't only McGinn brother that had a, a good weekend. Um <laughs> Well, I mean, we could start talking about Thursday's game, but to be honest, it was garbage. So I'm going to skip, just go straight to the second leg. Aye, last yeah, Thursday, you're well covered, it started uh, well the first you know, five minutes. Well. I thought we'd actually get a good game here, and then, oh my word. That was it, that was, it started well. turned it off if it was in your garden. You'd have closed the curtains. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was dreadful. It really was a dreadful game. Um, the second leg wasn't much better. Um, I mean, there was a good goal from uh, Mullen, a ter- terrific volley, which equalised after a 
Yeah. It wasn't great defending um, before that by Conley in particular. Yes, yeah, I mean, it was probably that, that was the point I was about to make. Is that right? Um, I we I have a a good laugh at how much Rangers fans hate Dundee United. Um, they, it's 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 good that they finally got to celebrate 55 after all, given the way Conley made that clearance. <laughs> Yeah, it was a um, horrendous attempt at a clearance. But did, did you think it was a penalty United got just before that? Or do you think it was soft? I think it was a penalty next season. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> changing the handball. Is that back to being Doctor Who in time travelling or that, aye? <laughs> much. Uh, the arm's out, but he doesn't move the arm towards the ball. Yeah. Now, making himself bigger is going to be an infringement next season. So... With that rule change in mind, that would be a penalty, but it's not in play yet. So, no, it's not. <sighs> it's, next season is going to be utterly ridiculous, and we've oh. just had a ridiculous season uh, for refereeing decisions. Um, Have you seen the SFA try to back up their, uh, not giving Flanagan that red card? No, I've not yet. It was brutal enough. Oh, is it that um, excessive force and brutality pish? Aye. The Daryl Broadfoot law, let's just call it that. Cause that's which, aye. But apparently, um, the the claim is that what like the only way it could be given a red card, given he'd already had a yellow card, was it had to be savage, ruthless, or deliberate violent. Um, that's it had to be deliberate violent. They couldn't find that. What they said was, um, well, Flanagan said he was merely fending off Brown, um, but apparently the the claim was the compliance officer's claim was rejected. Um, because she said that Brown has struck, been struck in the face and they insisted that the contact was made in the chest or neck area of the opponent. Yeah. Um, so apparently you can elbow somebody as long as it's not in the face. Then it's just a yellow card. Utter Talking about that, it's never a red card in that game. No. I, John, yeah, John Beaton's decisions in this game were terrible because there was another one. I think Nazo was the one that was filled. By Connolly. Conley, him already being on a yellow card. Yep. That, should have, that one should have been a second yellow. Um, the Nazon yep. one, oh, that looks... To me, that was never a red card. Um, so I, I think Beaton... Beaton... <laughs> Beaton <laughs> has had an absolute shocker in this game. Um, however, it did work out probably as it should have in the end. Um, because the penalty that Dunia United scored during the game was the only one he managed to score all game. Because um, we went all the way to penalty shootout and we had the joint worst penalty shootout ever. Uh, you, I, I think you're still going to see um, three of four out of the four worst penalties you'll ever see. Um, they were terrible. I mean, Pollitt's one is too near the goalkeeper. Uh, Sofranco trying to be clever with this, the, the couple of stutters and he just completely buzzed it up. And then Calumbus just a miss hit down the middle. Um, yeah. Two of which were dead easy. Um, One was a good save, not a great save, and the other one hit the post. Now, I know St. Martin hit the post as well, so, um, but but that point didn't really matter because the United couldn't score. So, um, yeah, it took lessons for me. Aye, exactly. The the expert penalty taker. Absolutely. Uh, To be fair, that's the one thing I can do as well. Mm -hmm. I scored a penalty shoot at once, and off the post, that penalty. Nice. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it's not happened if we've not got a video. It's not a video evidence, but yeah. Um, but yeah, apparently 2 0 matched. Uh, was it Inverness Alloa for 2017? Of 2 0 victory has been the lowest penalty shoot victory ever in Scottish football. There was a, 
in that um, under 16s World Cup that we hosted in '89. You know, the one with the under-16 Saudi Arabian team, it was only about 28. Um, there was a game throughout, I can't remember which one, but there was a game in that competition where it was only a 2 0 penalty shoot win. I can't remember who between, though. But I remember seeing highlights at the time. Yeah. I mean, that's what, six penalties, sorry, five penalties are missed in a shootout that only had seven penalties. <laughs> um, I have seen nine penalties missed in a shootout once. It was one that Celtic won 5-4 against Partick Thistle in the League Cup in 2002, maybe 2003. That kind of time period. It was on a Martin O'Neill. Mm-hmm. Thistle had three chances to put Celtic out the cup. Missed the ball. Jeez. It was 18 penalties in total when Celtic won at 5-4. So it was nine penalties, man. That's a bad shootout. And, and, and you compare that with the other end of the spectrum where I was at the Celtic Dunn United penalty shootout that went round everybody. <laughs> Yeah. It was one of Flood's last act as a Dun United player the first time before he said for Celtic was to hit the bar. That's right. Yeah, because Arthur Burt scored a cracking penalty. Arthur Burt's penalty is the best penalty I've ever seen. That was right in the top corner. Not a chance anybody saving that one. So, the whole thing about Sunday, I said, we're not allowed to celebrate, supposedly. English. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Apparently, um, celebrating winning a playoff that keeps you in the top flight is is frowned upon if your name is Tom English. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, we ran a poll, um, and us being impartial, we normally um, you know retweet them, not make mm. any influences. Um, Chris, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to sway votes, but <laughs> you can continue the rest. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I can't remember exactly what I wrote, but I'm pretty it's sure fun, it's some of the fun sponges. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, he, Tom English is not the only problem we have in Scottish football when it comes to punditry. Um, he is one of the, the the bigger problems. I really wish he'd go back to rugby so they can tell him he's a miserable bastard. To fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, out of uh, thirty-seven votes, eighty-one percent um, disagreed with Tom English, and nineteen percent said that the celebrations were over the top. Um, I can see the point to degree because you know, but I think he's missing the point. They're not celebrating finishing eleventh. Um, it's the fact that well, they've had to go through that ordeal of the playoff, and mm-hmm. given where they were at the start. I mean, I heard I was listening to interviews um, from the radio from the, the McGinnbers, believe it, and they were talking about the apathy there was when Stubbs came in, and it, um, I think Paul it was said that they looked like a League One team at that point. To then come and come through and survive is no, it's tremendous for them. And yeah, John, you've been proven right. You've told us all along, and they've gone and done it. Aye, they had a good, good end to the season. I thought, I think Kieran has got a bit about him as well. Even the way he spoke after the game as well, we kind of, he's got, I think he's just gets his head screwed on as well in terms of manager. Doesn't lose the cool at all. Never ever seemed to panic at any point, even when they were struggling early in the season. I think that season they'll get the benefit out of that as well. I think so. I mean, that's, that eight games they went now, um, including these two in the six in the league, where they went yeah. unbeaten. So that's, yeah. They took that form into the playoff and it done what they got exactly what they needed to do. Now, winning the penalties is, is the finest of margins possible in the playoff, but it's still enough to get them in the, the top fight again next season. And you're right, I think we should now see Superman kick on because Kearney should hopefully get back to the, the board. They'll make a few more changes. I don't know, um, Ferdinand's already away. Um, but I would fancy them to finish above Hamilton next season at the very least. Hopefully I see it will see increased crowds as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time that the New St. Martin Park's been sold out. Yeah. Or whatever yeah. they call it. 
simple digital, digital. I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, another one of these modern names. Um, but no, I mean, congratulations. And they did, did what they had to do. Um, in fact, if you take their league form back, it's actually in the last 10 games they only lost once, and that was to Celtic. Yeah. So that's pretty right. good going. Yeah. Um, it was enough to keep my wife at Dundee. It wasn't quite enough for them to get ahead over Hamilton and avoid the playoff altogether, but it was formed as a count of the playoff. So, yeah, full credit to them. Congratulations. Um, it does mean Dundee United spend another season in the Championship, which, on the face of it, is miserable for them. Um, great if you're a Rangers fan, apparently. Um, but or a Dundee fan, we get the Dundee Derby. Yeah, and for yeah for BBC Scotland, that's great for their Championship coverage yeah. next season. Yeah, because well, that's the per- that's the perfect Friday night fixture. Because it's not as if there's a lot of travel involved for the opposition. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The shortest distance between two teams, huh? Aye. Um, but yeah, that'll be interesting to see which one of those two come up. Um, if, if it's one, it's of, one of them. Yeah, because you've just never known that championship. Mm-hmm. But you would expect one of them. Uh, um, apparently, Dundee's going to point a good win this week. I don't know if Gordon Strachan's going to be the technical director, but a good win session. Well done. They, they need they need big changes at Dundee. Just what they need to, they need to get that sorted out. Then they need to get the playing staff sorted out. If they're going to mount any challenge in that championship, um, we've seen what happened to Partick Thistle when they went down. I fancy Partick Thistle to improve next season. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, Caldwell's there, so uh, they'll be one of the ones you would imagine are challenging for that. So both Dundee teams, you've got Inverness, I'd imagine, will be trying to get up again next season. Um, yeah. I don't know what United will do. Um, they were a bit of a surprise package this season, but um, you never know. They could be they could up again this season. Um, Dunfermline were expected to do better than they did by some people, like me. <laughs> um, I don't know. Again, if they if they improve next season, you've um, obviously got Morton uh, who have <laughs> made a few changes as well, and like ten minutes before kickoff. Um, Queen of the South, they stayed up. I would imagine they'll want to improve again next season. Uh, so yeah, there's a, there's, there's, there's a few teams who'll be fancying their chances to, if not be in the playoffs, be having a crack at that um, championship title. Yeah. I, I think it's my favourite league. For the playoffs. Yeah, aye, aye. So St Martin and Queen of the South both stayed up. Um, Cove Rangers went up and Clyde went up. So. Not aye. bad. Not bad, not a bad, not a bad return, no. But, uh, I'm still not a big fan of this last chance to win thing, but it's worked for St. Martin and Queen of the South. They've, they've won the games they needed to win. So. And then we had a bet Fred Cup draw yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's my mind, John. I've just grabbed that up. <laughs> next season has uh, started already. <laughs> um, I think the eye-catching thing for me was they drew all the Glasgow clubs together. <laughs> so plenty of Glasgow derbies in the... In, 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 what was it, it's Group F. Um, and I, like, even, like, the other teams that are in that group it's, must have the least coverage um, for distance between the, the, the grounds possible. Because um, I think it goes as far as Atlantic, sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you compare that to the fact that Hibs and Elgin City will have to play each other, <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a difference. Yeah. yeah the standout game will obviously be Hearts Dundee United. There's no doubt BT will pick that up. Because I think they show four games uh, from the group stages, and it just depends what the, the fixtures are. Um before they pick the others. Um, I'd imagine a Hibs game will be shown um, 
who knows what the other two will be. So, but yeah, um, we mentioned that Hearts are in that League Cup, and that they've got Dundee Ladies, Fife, Stesmere, and Kenbeath, um, that they fell into that and not us, thankfully. Um, although there was obviously the other side that we've got Chris Gloton for the next five minutes. Aye, oh. I'll see you later. I'll, I'll speak next week. <laughs> so, aye. Next um, season. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, I will say, all credit to Hearts. Um, they were very difficult to beat, gave Celtic very little. Um, the first half was probably a little forgettable. I think there was an offside that wasn't offside, but <laughs> somehow saved it anyway. Um, and then there was a good block on uh, the word chance as well. And that is literally all I can think of when it comes to the first half. It was just not a lot happening. Um, Hearts did a, a great job of frustrating Celtic then. Um, and obviously early in the second half took the lead. Uh, I don't think the defending was especially great for Celtic. I no. Several people made the point that I put a challenge in and got there before Edwards um, after the back heel, mm-hmm. uh, but missed. <laughs> so yeah, he kind of, I don't know if he went for the, with the wrong foot or he just misjudged it entirely but no he never got anything on it so um, Edwards was able to fire it in it was, I don't think anybody was expecting Edwards to be in the team no well you Aye. think about it he'd been sent to St Martin St Martin um, then sent him back to Hearts in January um, and he didn't get anyone near the Hearts team for ages and then we just thought he was playing the last couple of weeks because they were resting players for the cup final so when I saw him in the team I thought what the hell, but obviously what <laughs> um, in that respect because he put in a decent shift and got a goal uh, in the right place at the right time um, and then you just wondered how long Hearts could hold out for and then there, there was the penalty kick now um, I think it's a little dubious, um, I think Edward's been, been clever because he's left his like so, so Miles committed himself, which is given uh, well they call him a decision to make. But Edward has obviously left his foot in, and that's how he's went down. I mean, you've seen that often. Um, I don't want to criticise Willie Colm because I don't think it's that obvious from his angle. But um, but yeah, I thought it was a bit dubious personally. I, I think there's two points to this one. I think first of all, what Zomal does is madness. There is no reason for him to lunge in the way he does. No. Um, I think that's given Willicom a decision to make um, I would agree that Edward has put his he's put one leg over towards him but Zomal comes in in such a way that he pretty much gets the other leg uh, I've seen stills so there has contact between them um, mm-hmm. so from that perspective he's, nowhere near, he's definitely nowhere near the ball the ball is absolutely away from Zomal um, so if it's just that then yeah it's, it's a penalty um, the other thing I would say though is if you watch just the video of, of, of the lunge from Zomal, he goes in with the studs up there was an incident in the first half where Ayer won a tackle cleanly but get penalised for it because he went in with the studs up so mm-hmm. I wonder, I, I don't know if Ollie Colm has seen that part of it he didn't indicate it whereas he was telling Ayer quite adamantly he'd been in with the studs up that's why he'd been penalised um, so I think what Colm has seen is Zomal taking out Edward. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I, I still don't know what Zomal was trying to claim. He was pointing the ball as if it would get anywhere near it. Um, the other thing I would say is Zomal having made that mistake then makes a second mistake. How does he not save it? Yeah, should have saved that. 
He got two hands to it. And then he's just like chocolate wrist. It made, the fact he got two hands to it made... Oh, the only difference it made was it made a slapping noise as it went in. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Slamal as a goalkeeper. I mean, I think he's too error prone. I mean, the boy Doyle came in and did a decent job up until the Motherwell game. Then he made a horrendous mistake. Um, but and Craig Levine just all of a sudden just decided that right, you're out of the team, yeah. which I thought was a bit harsh on the boy. Um, but Slamal for me is a bit dodgy. Um, nothing he could do really about the winner. I mean, that's just no. um, a bit lucky with the, the, the header through and it just catches the harsh defence who've been defending. Oh, well, it's just switched off and Edward says thank you very much. My my first reaction when I seen that goal was, how on earth has Edward got that much space? Because throughout the entire game, Hearts had given Celtic absolutely nothing. We'd taken the one chance of giving us that had been from the penalty spot. And then suddenly we find Edward one-on-one with the keeper, having no defender anywhere near him. It was only when I watched the replay that I realised how much Edward had anticipated what was coming. He ran from further wide than Scott Sinclair was. He'd come that far, knowing what Lustig was going to do. Now, Lustig is definitely going to claim he meant this. Um, I have no reason to doubt him, because uh, he certainly put enough power in it to put it exactly where he put it. Um, and it's such a good ball. Edward needs one touch. It doesn't take a touch to control it or sell himself. It's just one touch and he fires it in there. And he has the the sense to lift it. Most people would have tried to get it low down and try and beat the keeper. And I think Zomal was anticipating that. So the minute he lifts it, he puts it in the top corner instead of the bottom corner. Zomal doesn't stand a chance. It's a terrific goal, a terrific finish. And I, I, the kind of goal that's uh, worthy of winning anything um, as, as it won the, the Scottish Cup for Celtic. Um, it was, it's interesting that we played this game on the 25th of May which is obviously a date synonymous with Celtic um, on a day that they went one goal behind and scored in about the 60 odd minute and the 80 odd minute <laughs> which is the, the, the timing of the goals is almost exactly the timing of the goals that Tommy Gemmell and Stevie Chalmers scored um, obviously the, the before the game there was the the, the all impressive double tifo from Celtic fans um, because they had everybody in the stand wearing these bin bags Coloured. So throughout the game, there was green and white hoops in the, in the, the, around the stand with the numbers five and nine for um, Stephen Chalmers and Billy McNeil. Um, but before that, there was the another display that just said treble with a three in it, because obviously this was Celtic going for the it was going for the treble treble. It was going for the the first time to win the Scottish Cup three times in a row, um, which is now another thing added to the history books for Celtic. So um, the there is no doubt that this. Current dominance of the of Celtic is is unprecedented. Um, in Scotland, the double treble was unprecedented, so of course the treble treble was. Um, I have yet to see it refuted, but this winning nine trophies consecutively, I don't think it's been done anywhere in the world. Um, I can be corrected on that one, but I've certainly seen a few people saying it's 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 never been done anywhere. So um, that's. We're witnessing history when it comes to the Celtic team. Yeah, congratulations. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's the funniest. The funniest thing I've seen today, uh, regardless this on Wednesday, was a retweet from 2014 um, of I think the Open Rangers Supporters Club tweeting um, Celtic banging on about winning three in a row. You should be winning three trebles in a row. <laughs> so, okay, match the compost. What would you like us to do next? <laughs> Yeah, they must be regretting that tweet now. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, t- t- 
to witness three trebles in a row is, is phenomenal. Um, and to me, personally, winning three Scottish Cups in a row is is almost more important to me um, because it's something that for as long as I can remember, it's been hanging over Celtic and the more I learned about the history, the more I realised just how much it's been hanging over us because, I mean, even even we, we won our second and third Scottish Cups is that long ago. We could have won a, um, a fourth one and that would have been three in a row, but Hearts were the team to beat us. Yeah. It's, it's, it's impressive what you have done in the no, obviously you were. Uh, it's impressive when um, eight titles in a row, but to go that many games in the cup undefeated, because you know you mentioned uh, those tweets in 2014 that Neil Lennon teams um, couldn't complete the treble and Northern Ireland teams couldn't win the treble because they came unstuck in cup ties against the likes St. Man, Ross County, ourselves in 2014, and Morton even. Um, so to go that many games in the cup undefeated is is incredible as well, and it's ironic that you know you you mentioned Rangers there. Um, they said that the, the, it couldn't be done. Celtic were getting slagged off for not doing it when Rangers went in the top division. Well, in the three yeah. years Rangers have come back in, that's what they've done it. Um, yeah. It's ironic, that. But. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the Ronnie Dyler thing is a perfect example of just how easy it is to trip up in these cup games. Because we all remember the, the Inverness semi-final. Well, Celtic were 1-0 up and there was a, a shot on target that was kept out by a hand. And the referees, and the referee and the guy in the line, and everybody just said, "Play on." It was an unbelievably terrible decision. Um, Celtic should still went on to win the game. I fully accept that um, you were still winning up, and it was a very terrible Chris Commons corner, from what I remember, which had Inverness break up the park and Gordon got himself sent off for wiping out the man, and then Inverness equalised, and it just. The, the game then ran away from us and Inverness eventually went on to win that cup. But that was one game where the treble was dead because of one bad one bad decision for referee and one bad corner, effectively. Mm-hmm. And it's that easy to slip up in a cup game. So like you say, the consistency across now three full seasons in both cup competitions is, is phenomenal. And you even look at the statistics, it's like it's like eighty odd goals scored like and there's only about seven against. Or eight against I think it is now. And then all the time and all the cup games that they've played, the 20-odd, 28 or something, 26 maybe, cup games that have been played, Celtic have been behind for 56 minutes. 45 of those minutes were against St Mirren. That's right. The other two are in, in finals. Mm-hmm. So Hearts were, Hearts were ahead for about 10 minutes. And then, um, obviously, Aberdeen were ahead for about two. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even think we got to two. Um, John, are you awake? I am just listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, as, as you hinted at earlier, that result means that the Europa League spot goes back to the league. Fourth place to Aberdeen are in Europe next season, so you avoided the, the Betfred Cup um, draw. So. Yeah. Yeah, we've not ever since they've uh, revamped that uh, League Cup to the group stages, it's. Um, just our respective clubs that haven't had to feature in the group's um, stages of the League Cup because we've been yeah. trying to qualify for, well in our case we've been trying to qualify for group stages of Europa League and Celtic have been trying to qualify for the group stages of the, the Champions League which they've done twice but missed it obviously last year in front of you, Europa yeah. League group stages. That's the only blot in the Celtic copybook this season is they, they didn't get into the um, Champions League group stages. 
Although they did get to the last 32 of the yeah. Europa League by hook or by crook, um, because obviously it came down to Rosenberg's goal <laughs> in the last couple of minutes. Um, yeah. Their only point in the campaign, but this Celtic still did enough overall. So no, it's been a good season and uh, for you guys, and it meant Neil Lennon was given the job in the shower. Yeah. Um, somewhere that I won't go into. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the amateur hour took over. Um, because in the space, in less than an hour after the, the cup had been presented to Celtic, it was announced that Celtic had offered Neil Lennon a job. Not he was the next manager. They'd offered him the job. So for me, that's jumping the gun to start with. Um, if they want to offer Neil Lennon a job, fine, but keep it under your hat for a few days while you get the fi- things finalised and then announce that it's signed, sealed and delivered. That would be the professional way to do it. On top of that, Peter Lawler then has a, a press conference where he admits that he hasn't spoken to anybody else. So he hasn't done any due diligence over who might else be a manager. He's just decided Neil Lennon's getting it. So Peter Law was not doing his job. Um, Peter Law then follows that up with the fact that the squad doesn't need much of an overhaul. So he's already trying to uh, lower the, the fans' expectations of what might get changed in the summer. Um, so we should just press on with the squad that's going. That, that everybody realises needs work. Um, we had a few loanees come in in January, which showed things up for a while and. Um, well, Butker hasn't really worked it towards the last couple of the days of the season. Um, Timothy Ware is away home. Um, I'm trying to think what else we have had on loan. It's the Benkovic. Yeah, Benkovic, he's away. Yeah, Toljan. He's done. He didn't play. Toljan has been not that great. And, well, if Lustig is going to leave, as, as strongly rumoured, we're going to need not one but two right-backs. Um, Emilio Izakiri has, has rejected a, a, a new one-year deal as well, so we're going to need a left-back cover again. Um, Boyata's away, so we need to plug a hole in the defence. Uh, we've been playing with one striker for goodness knows how long now, um, so we'll need support for Edward. The good thing that came out uh, at Saturday's um, parade around this, the park was that Lee Griffiths says he'll be back for pre-season training, um, so that'll be that'll be fantastic news. He's, he's back and ready to go, um, hopefully with all his troubles now behind him, fingers crossed. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I mean, the, the, there are a couple of positives, but to me, that squad needs overhauled. It needs freshened up. It needs it needs freshness to, to even kick on the guys that are there already. So, Law, Law I think Law was drunk at this, at, on Saturday. To be honest, the way he was talking, because the statements he made, I'd sack him. You're not doing your job. Yeah, was that the one about the? Uh... You know, Celtic not me. That, that I think the fact that he said that Celtic don't need that much repair in the summer that was a bit more worrying than giving Neil Lennon the job. To be honest, I a lot has been made of the fact that the perform, the performances haven't been great since Neil Lennon came back in. Now I think that's twofold. I think one they weren't that great before he came in um, under Rodgers. We were swapping up here there and everywhere to start with. Um, and two, it looked to me like he was trying not to change too much because. He himself admits it's still Rogers' team. Next season will be different. Next season will be a Neil Lennon team. So he might make a few more changes now that he's actually got the job. So I would expect it to be better. And when you look at Neil Lennon's statistics, yes, he never won the League Cup as a manager. Still hasn't. Um, yes, there was other troubles in Cup games. Yes, there was a bit of a Hamden hoodoo. Um, he's won his two games at Hamden this, this year, so that's a start. Um but when you look at the, the, the statistics he had in, in, oh, across four seasons in the league, the season they didn't win the league, he got 92 points. 
the other seasons, the, the, the his last one, I think we lost one game. And that was the Aberdeen. They were the nearest challengers up in Pataudry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, like, we, were, we were picking up ridiculous amounts of points. He's got like a 70% win ratio. Um, you then look at what he did in Europe and immediately remember Barcelona getting beat at Celtic Park. He, he got us into the Champions League on a couple of occasions. So you could almost argue Neil has got a, a better record than Brendan Rodgers in some ways. Brendan Rodgers obviously did the invincible treble, which is never going to be beaten. Um, but even last season under Rodgers, the performances kind of fell away. So yes, Rodgers has a great record and obviously never lost a trophy when he was at Celtic. Yeah, well, domestically anyway. But you also remember some of the pumpings we got in Europe. You do wonder if that would happen under Neil Lennon, because Neil Lennon was a bit more pragmatic. He'd set up. Yeah. There's, there's the often tweeted picture of the the um, possession stats of the Barcelona game, which are often not accurate, um, but they were in the twenty odd percent. But it was still, it was a back to the wall performance. But took the chances when they came, mm-hmm. and kind of limited Barcelona. Um, I mean, one, of, one of the funniest things I always remember in that game was they kept cutting in and we had Adam Matthews playing the wrong side so actually cutting in helped Matthews mm-hmm. it, was, it was just little things like that which, which made a difference in that night and obviously the, the, the one you had my head on the, the Tony Watt finishes up I mean Javi making an uncharacteristic mistake in the middle of the park was quite entertaining so. yeah. um, and Tony Watt's now off to Bulgaria yes uh, he's a club at the age yeah. of 25 yeah, um, good luck to him, but uh, I may have another good month, um, as he did uh, with St. Johnson, but um, I don't know. Um, never going to reach his potential, unfortunately. No. Um, the, I mean, the, the other question is, is he going to sign decent players? Um, I've seen this question as well. Well, I mean, look at some of the players that have played under Lane already. Two of them are playing the Champions League final this weekend. Victor I Park. There are questions as to who was doing that, but equally, was Brendan Rodgers signing players or was that Congerton? We don't know. Um, I don't know precisely how it works at Celtic, whether the, the, how much say the manager has in these things. Um, certainly the manager has very little say in the budget, which is maybe the big problem, as has just been hinted at. Um, but I, I don't think the Lennon announcement is as bad as it could be. Um, some of the names that were being bandied about were never that realistic. There was people like Mourinho, Villas Boas, um, Ranieri, get mentioned, Benitez. All these guys are signing up for massive budget. Villas Boas signed up yesterday for a seven million pound a year deal or something. Celtic can't afford that. That's not gonna happen. Um, so yes, Len is probably the easy option in some ways, and he's probably the cheap option in some ways. But it's a great record. Um, at Celtic and if that continues then hopefully we're making the Champions League again next season hopefully it's a nice title in a row the thing will be with Celtic and I've said this for a few seasons the the board are quite happy just to have domestic success anything European wise is seen as a bonus I think I think I don't think there's as much from the board wanting to have success in Europe as what the fans that's what the fans want in terms of Improving and kick on, but I don't ultimately, think the board share the same point of view. 
I think ultimately the board want to get the money from the Champions League because mm-hmm. it's, it's very lucrative to be in it once you get to the group stages. It's very difficult to get to the group stages when you're playing four qualifier, qualifiers, two legs over eight weeks. Um, it's a very intense point uh, in the season. And it's right at the start of the season as well. So you're having to hit the ground running right off the bat. Um, if you make it there, lots of money. And then you're not expected to compete because the big teams come in. And then you just get popped off of them. If you're lucky, you drop into Europa League, um, which may also be dominated by English teams trying to make the Champions League. Yeah. <laughs> kind of the whole st- although, although there won't be a fifth uh, champ- um, English team in the Champions League because Arsenal's getting pumped 4-1 by Chelsea in the final as we speak. Nice. So that um, comment I made about Chelsea possibly lying down to let Arsenal in the Champions League um, isn't happening. No mercy. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah, it's uh, the idea of competing in Europe is is a very fluid one. Um, to me, I would like to see us take a few more points in the Champions League group stages. Um, we have to get there first. That will be difficult in its own right. We never managed it this year. Um, yeah. If we can do that, drop into Europa League and maybe get beyond the under thirty two, that's progress. Um, I'm not looking to get to the Europa League final next season. Um, and ultimately, you're right in that the board want domestic success. We're now at the numbers that the, the fans themselves will be focusing on it because next season's all about getting the, the record equal in nine in a row, um, which is obviously the record that's lasted since Jock Steen's team did it and Walter um, Smith's team equaled it. So, and then you have to get nine to get ten. Celtic fans for years have been singing about ten in a row. It's not that far away now. Um, and the more, the closer that comes, the more desperate other teams are going to be to stop us, especially Rangers, um, for obvious reasons, because they don't want to be taking away the joint record holding the title. So yeah, it's, uh, the, the domestic success is going to become more of a focus. Um, certainly, as you say, the, the board desperately want that. The fans want it more and more the closer it comes. Um, I'm still of the thinking... We should be progressing on all levels. Uh, if you want to make more money, the only way to do it in Scotland is to make the Champions League. It is to try and do well in the Champions League because you get more money for picking up more points. You get more money for picking up more progress. Um, it's just a case of how much you want to spend to get that. Yeah. If you spend wisely, you could be Ajax. I don't think Celtic are going to get anywhere near the semi-final of the Champions League. Um but the, the, the model that Ajax run was obviously very successful this year um, you'll find their team gets broken up over the summer uh, but they'll make a pretty penny out of it as well yeah. and that of course is the other way to make money if you bring a, if you spend a few million quid bringing in decent players show them showcase them to do well in uh, a stage like the Champions League or the Europa League you can sell them on for big bucks as we did with Victor Wanyama and Virgil van Dijk and look where they are now Exactly. I can't believe that's the domestic season finished. I can't believe, you know, that was what, mid-July it all started. and But then again, in about six weeks it's all starting again. Yeah, I know, but we're at the end of May now. Um, it still starts again in July, so we've got we've got June off to, to see how Scotland got on, and uh, both the men and the women. We need a break. Aye, uh, 
I, I'm exhausted because we play far too many games and I continually make this point because there, there's, there's very few parts of the season where the likes of Celtic weren't playing midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek, weekend. Um, and then we got to like the last five games of the season they were spread over five weeks. <laughs> they suddenly had their midweeks free when it's nice and sunny. Instead of dark and wet and cold. Um, our season works the wrong way around for me. <sighs> I'm never, I've never really been an advocate of summer football, but it's not like I'm it. And let's, I've, I've mentioned before that the women play summer football, so it seems to work for them. Yeah. Still can't guarantee the weather, mind you. I was at football last week with Tal- ah. with Talbot games, and it was <laughs> the weather was dreadful. Yep. Actually, so, um, I, I think I'm, I think I've lost the bet here because before we started, I was saying you were going to mention a treble. And I don't think you have. Well, yeah, we need to wait because yeah. the Junior Cup finals on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. The Sam Sparrow final. Yeah. Going so, for a uh, Talbot going for a thirteenth Junior Cup final to extend the record that they already hold. <clears throat> Pardon me. Uh, Ten past four. Alba. So obviously at New Douglas Park against Largs. Aye, big game. Um, the league title was presented last Wednesday. I, I shared a wee bit of the information on the podcast uh, app on WhatsApp. And then it's been a wee bit about on Twitter as well. So basically, they got the, the trophy, which is fair enough, it was presented. The league medals were presented in an Iceland carrier bag. <laughs> so they weren't even given to the players. They were given to the kind of management to kind of give to the players, which is supposedly with the league has happened for the last few seasons. And the reason why they say is at the end of the season, quite often there's trialers playing in the league games towards the end of the season. However, you would think they would just know who they could give medals to. Um, it's not very professional. Um, and I makes the kind of game look like a bit of a farce, but it's happened in other uh, junior leagues and stuff like that as well. So It's, it's happened in um, leagues higher up, because one of the Ross County players, I think it was Kelly, um, was given the league two winner. Uh, Aye, uh, at least they had a presentation though. Like the back, the, the medals were just given in a carrier bag just to when you go. <laughs> but, but and the, Scot- and the Scottish Premiership, Marvin Comper got a medal, even though he never kicked a um a single um, ball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was, I was, I was about to make that point because um, Karamoka Dembele, who played a half, just happened to be that day. He also got a medal. Yeah, um, I think they get which, many replicas. It's not actual medals. Aye, I think so. I think it's it's, it's all for show as part of the the, yeah. the, the trophy presentation. Yeah, so I don't have about 18 or 19 players, so they could probably quite easily give them all a medal anyway. So, um, uh, I just about a bit of a farce, but it, it was quite, it was quite funny. They won the trophy, they there. won the league, and that's it. Um, and then obviously Sunday's a big one in terms of Junior Cup final. Yeah. And then it's a bank holiday, open like bank holiday on Monday, hopefully. <laughs> so people are already worried. <laughs> people are already already worried about the weather that they might not be able to have a proper outdoor Monday club. Um, but I'm sure that would be be fits. But. Uh, Saying that, Largs have got a, a chance, cup final. The Scottish Cup, obviously, on Saturday. We can see what happened in terms of Hearts running Celtic close, so you can't even go into the game too confident. Yeah. I was hoping yeah. to get a guest on, maybe that was um, had played for both Talbot and had kind of been associated with Largs as well, but unfortunately, couldn't get them on last week. So Yeah, it, it, a bit that they never even replied. You know, I, I would rather someone replied and said, no, sorry, I can't make it, or even though I'm not really that interested, just give an answer it's not hard to say yes or no how did the dress rehearsal go recently between the two teams yeah Talbot won 1-0 yeah 
Yeah. So. But Talbot, I've only lost four games all season. Yeah. Uh, one was in the league. One was, was one at, at Hearts. The Hearts. <laughs> one was at the start of the season to in the kind of wee kind of basic, roughly basic cup, the kind of cup that kind of kicks off the season. Yeah. And then one was in the the West semi recently against Rob Roy. So Talbot must have played. I would think by now about around 50 games a season till tomorrow is four and all of that's pretty impressive and hopefully it stands at four and that's it mm-hmm. doesn't get extended so yeah right well, you consider the whole obviously working full time in that as well and then playing so many games I think right the professionals have it hard but yeah exactly I, yeah I think too easy with the more about the number of games uh, in the top five you could when you take yeah. Talbot into account but uh, but regardless of what happens in, it would be just perfect for Talbot to end the season with um, clinch the treble because if they clinch the treble and obviously had the fifth round of the Scottish Cup as well yeah, that's it's amazing. probably the best best season they've ever I would imagine for Talbot mm. no there's yeah. been some great good seasons um, yeah. Talbot just used to success am I right in saying the Larks Largs, um, the last time they won the Scottish Cup, uh, Scottish Junior Cup, so it was actually played at Ibrooks. May well be. Back in the nineties, I remember seeing that game and they won one 0 I can't remember who against, but I remember it being played at Ibrooks. I think it's something like eleven years since they've last been in the cup final. I think I've seen that. Mm-hmm. But yeah. 93-94 they beat Glen Aft and uh, Ibrooks. Yeah, that's it. Right. But then, still one league game to be played after that. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> yeah. no, no, so I Talbot again about a two-week holiday. Nice, aye. Uh, I'll be back in middle of June. Uh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. So, yeah, we'll, we'll have that to talk about soon. Um, we'll have the... Hopefully, decent chat about Scotland and the, the double header with Cyprus and Belgium, um, and hopefully we're talking about uh, some some good news from France. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then we got a two week holiday or something. <laughs> Aye, yeah, we'll negotiate when we when we come back. Um, I think I think by the time that we next uh, record the fo- podcast is when the fixtures will be coming out, and then there'll be the European draws. <laughs> Um, so we'll probably have a break around a bit then. Uh, definitely. So um, since it's the last uh, domestic podcast of the season, um, I'd like to thank everybody uh, that has listened over the course of the season. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you'll, you'll stick with us for the, the the last part of this season and um, and the next season, hopefully. Uh, but yes. we'll be starting our ninth season. Yeah. Aye. And thanks we'll to those who've been guests as well. Yes, especially thanks to the, the guests that have had. Um, it's, it's been good to get them on, and, and the guys you've spoken to offline as well as um, that have come on with us. So, yeah, um, hopefully we'll be able to do that a lot more next season as well. Yeah. Hi. Cheers, everyone. Yeah. Right. Cheers. 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 Bye. <laughs> One more after. Or two more.
<sighs> I don't know. It's at least one. Aye, no, but aye, because we'll be wanting to talk about it. Definitely. Jesus Christ. Is this what the up? Is it a Star Trek update or something? It's, uh, uh, it's fucking Chris John and a Dalek. <laughs> There's our title. How is my sound dodgy? Aye. <laughs> it went down for a wee minute. Is it? Fuck's sake, man. <laughs> it's been fine up until the last couple of weeks as well. And then I don't know what's happening. Somebody be watching Netflix on your wireless or something. On your wireless? Oh, the wireless broadband. Aye. Netflix Aye, I don't know. Wireless. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make you for a minute? <laughs> I suppose I. <laughs> watching Netflix on the wireless. That's a good one. <laughs> Right, well, let's check something else. Not right, any better. Free chats have been good so far. <laughs> Aye, it's a bit Is that better. any better? Yeah, it's better, actually. Mm. Is it? Mm-hmm. Aye. Mm-hmm. Right. Aye, right, okay. I think I know what might be there. Have you turned the porn okay. off? <laughs> eh? Turn the porn off? <laughs> turn the porn off. <laughs> <sighs> Alright, so that's recording. <laughs> Dalek porn on a Dalek <laughs> on Netflix. Fortune <laughs> Dalek porn on the wireless. We should probably keep this bit. <laughs> like, don't, don't edit the start. <laughs> uh, we don't mind having a bit of a moment with the doctor just now, actually. <laughs> Yeah, like what, what? What? I don't even want to know what I just heard though. The doctor. Or the doctor, I think you said your daughter. Not have a daughter. That's what be. This is going down a different path. For sake. <laughs> right, now it's turning into a fucking new version of Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, more, like, more like Kevin Kyle. <laughs> Should we start in 10? Yes, you can stop laughing, aye. Oh, right. I'm going to drink my hot chocolate. Anybody else recording us? Just hi, welcome to yeah. this week's. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm recording as well. Hello. <laughs> That's the intro. Right. Ten seconds. Hi. Uh, welcome to this week's episode of the Jerry McHale Doctor Who podcast. No, it's actually a Scottish Football Thrones podcast. We'll just start again. We'll, f- we'll start that. It didn't work. Your high was just what, exactly like a Dalek. 